Um, welcome back to the Care Corner on the NTR Network. This is your host, Chris, and D-Bob here. And uh, this is another episode of the Care Corner where we uh, talk about some of your favorite uh, comic book characters. You go through their history and comic book history and just talk about those characters. Uh, we're doing Iron Man Part 2 here today. Um, now, before we jump into this, we didn't have any new uh, reviews on iTunes. You know, leave us a five-star review, read it on air. Didn't have any new things like that. Before we get started into this, I just have to let you guys know. Some of you all have been so rude to Deepom and I the last couple of weeks. The suggestions about us doing a Heroes Reborn episode, Character Corner, honestly, I, I came close to calling Homeland Security on some of you guys, because, like, how dare you? How dare you with these kind of threats? What the hell's wrong with you? Like... We've talked about we've talked about terrible art before. We have. I mean, there's there's Gregland slander all, rightfully so. But there is a there. Rob Liefeld takes bad art. It's a, it's actually an art form. It, it I think it actually takes talent to have art that is just that. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck were you thinking? The infamous Captain America image is terrible. With Captain America looking like, I don't want to say he's a bodybuilder. It's just like, he's got like, I can't tell if it's pecs or if it's bread rolls. Like, he actually looks like a Hawaiian bread roll uh, container, like painted red, white, and blue. It's just, how after that art, how after that did anyone, Keep hiring him for work. What is this? What was that? What did I? What did I look at? Don't drag, I didn't. I didn't tell you to look at this. I would never do that to you. But you kept doing it. I went down a rabbit hole because once you put in live live field, and I knew what it looked like, but I wanted to remind myself before we got on the show just how bad it was. And then I found like. It's a thing on the internet of people joking about how terrible his artwork is. It is actually quite hilarious. But then they also have images of other artwork that is of his. Is just, I'm like, how does he keep getting hired for this? And we know it, we, it's not like we haven't done this before. What was it? Wasn't it a mailbag ago when he was doing the cover for some? It wasn't, wasn't an X-Men book? He's doing that. They gave him an X book. They gave him, what is it? Agent X or whatever that new X book he's writing. Right. And, but there's another one. And where drawing, he, and it's really bad. But there was another one he did where we were looking at it, and we were trying to figure out like the different characters. Like he had, like it was, it was. We joked it on one of the mailbags before. It was, it was actually just hilariously bad. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. It's just don't do that, guys. No heroes are born. Please don't. We're actually skipping over the entire thing. Um, and we're going to jump right into uh, Volume 3 of Iron Man and go right from there. Um, before we get into that, there is something I, I want to talk about that kind of goes back to something we had talked about when we were doing Part 1. And, you know, towards the end of our Part 1, I realized that we were kind of, um, we kind of start trailing off, right? We kind of just like, oh, yeah, and then this happens, and this happens. And we were really, really reading things. It's not our fault. No, it's, and it's not. It's, and what it was, but I was thinking about it, I was like, yo, why did all, like, the earlier Iron Man stuff is actually, it's actually not bad. Like, there's actually some really good stories in there. And, and, you know, again, for their time and things like that. But then when we start getting 
like in the back half of some of those books, like it's just like I don't care about any of this stuff. And at what, all. Well, you know what it is, right? I figured it out. And we talked about this last time. We talked about how Tony Stark matters and the Iron Man did. And how that kind of affected what we were talking about between Jar- why Jarvis didn't matter to us, but Alfred does for, for Batman. Um, and what, what got me about this was, is, and I started going back and looking at these, these books, not really reading them, but just looking at some of the themes for them. And I was like, oh, it's all repetitive. Everything is repetitive with the character because at some point, Tony Stark and Iron Man were still different people. You still had Tony Stark running around with a, with a suitcase claiming that Iron Man was his bodyguard. And so all of the best villains that came after were technically called Iron Man villains. All of them are Tony Stark villains. The Mandarin, Tony Stark villain. Obadiah Stane, t- you know, Tony Stark villain. Justin Hammer, Tony, Tony Stark villain. Like all of them, Tony Stark. We didn't go into, we're going to go more into, uh, talk more about, you know, Madame Mass and everything. She didn't fall in love with Iron Man. She fell in love with Tony Stark. That's the whole thing there, right? All this is about Tony. And I think that the writer started having trouble figuring out ways of making Iron Man matter for the longest time. And when we start getting into the newer stuff, like, you know, we'll get into volume three. And when he finally comes clean about him being Iron Man at the same time, we start getting the blending, finally getting the blending of Iron Man and Tony. And so now they're one and the same. And then when we get into extremists and the bleeding edge armor, we'll, you know, we, we really get into him being almost more machine than man. Um, and I think when they blended that, the stories, while they're very similar, had similar beats, it becomes way more than just trying to tell. Because all these other stories were basically about, oh, Tony Stark is rich. Let us take us money. Like, every one of the stories ended up being that way. Tony Stark is really rich. We want his money. So we have to find some way. Oh, there's Iron Man. Let's take Iron Man out. There we go. All that comes down there. But when you make, when you make the, the thing you're coming out, not Tony Stark's wealth, but actually his mind, and mm-hmm. what he is, what, like if, if, if the armor is part of his body, and so you need to control Tony Stark, you need to control what is, to, what is Tony, whether he's man or machine or whatever, then it becomes, you start getting more interesting stories, especially when we start breaking down the Matt Fraction run, which Matt Fraction, whew, boy, I don't, we'll get into that shit, but, um, yeah, so, all right, so let's jump into this, uh, Iron Man Volume 3 uh, takes place right after Heroes Reborn, which we just do not talk about. Um, let's see. I think the major thing that happens before Tony reveals his, uh, himself being, uh, a, uh, being Iron Man is, uh, more AI stuff. So his suit at one point becomes sentient. And he has to take that down. And it, 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 it's, um, I want to say in the first 20 issues of volume three. Well, what's interesting is that when they bring him back from Heroes Reborn, which again, how dare you people send that shit to us? Um, you know who you are. It's interesting because they kind of go back into the high corporate tier, like kind of the way he approaches things. There's a lot of corporate talk in the beginnings of this, of this run. Mm-hmm. And kind of like with Tony, the, the idea of the sentient armor and it being a problem kind of creeps up on the reader as well. Which I kind of like. I thought that coming back out of Heroes Reborn, I was really curious to see how they would change it because there's a point in this series of Iron Man books that we're going to talk about where he becomes a very well-written, very complex character. Mm-hmm. It's not at the beginning. No. No. This is, and yeah. 
too many authors. I'm trying to find this the best way possible. Try to get Tony back to the inventor place by force resetting him. Mm-hmm. So by having a Sinjin armor that now he's scared of, you kind of force reset Stark. Mm-hmm. It happens again when Warner Ellis takes over the book, and you see the pattern kind of repeating itself. I think, and when doing all the reading, if I hadn't read everything, I'd enjoy. I would have enjoyed the beginning of this one probably more. Um. Yeah. Like to me, uh, the entire volume volume three run is, for the most part, I mean, e- even. I, like I said, it gets interesting. So 55 is where he comes clean about being Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And it's such a Tony thing. Like, he's saving a, a kid's dog. <laughs> it's like, it's such a weird... Like, it's like, it's, it's such like, a weird... It's such a weird out-of-character moment. It feels really strange. Right, it does. And and even like even though the characters, like the woman he's dating at the time, who I believe... Oh, man, she's um, the daughter of the guy who's trying to buy his company. And she's like... You kept all this from me, and you did it all to save a dog. I did it for him, the boy. I'm like, oh god, that's just—it's so like, okay. It's fine. so fine. Heavy-handedly written. That's right, it's, it's very heavy-handed. Right. It's like, okay, fine. Um, before uh, two issue before then, I think it's his first use of Friday, which is uh, his his. I think this. I think it's the first time we actually get the AI voice in 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 his armor. I want to yeah. say, yeah, which goes away by the time where the next volume launches. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. Well, so here's another thing, too. So when we get into volume four, see, this is where that Marvel continuity thing does come up a little bit because sometimes they just drop certain things. So 55 here is where he comes clean about being Iron Man. When we get into volume four and Extremis, he's still using the excuse that he's not Iron Man and that. Well, the end of volume three, after disassembled, he says that he's never going to pilot the suit again. True, that's right. I completely. He says he's going back. Basically says we're going back to the uh, unarmed bodyguard, but that was never an unarmed bodyguard. Shut up. Right, right, right. It's now it is. Um, like I said, vo- I didn't go through a lot of volume three. I, I've written more towards the back end of volume three because that's when I read it all. You, oh wow! So you want to cover some? Yeah, more? So up to, up I read to it the, all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I went straight to. I went straight. Do to I sound three. happy about that? No, you don't. That's why I didn't read it all. Good. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I not. Mean, there, 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 there are. The, the, I there are the good back- stories. The Howard Hughes story I really liked. Right. right. I really like that. There are moments in the stories that I really enjoyed. Just as a whole, it didn't really left me kind of fulfilled. And the way it ends with an Iron Man imposter essentially killing his board and giving all the stocks back. They do a lot of clean slating at the end. Well, the end is... is the kind end of messily. Well, the end is a whole dissembled thing that happens across all the Iron Man... Um, I mean Iron Man, all the Avengers books, books too. Yeah, anyway, it's, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Avengers is a symbol arc. Yeah, but what the tie-in here is kind of, and I get they're trying to break these heroes down in their core components so that we could align them with the movies we're making. I mean, so we could clean the boards. Um, <laughs> but it just felt weird. I, I, it was fine. It was. I, I reread it again this morning because I wanted to see if it appealed more to me, and it didn't. It just. Volume four is, is this volume three or volume four? This, this is volume, volume three. three. Volume three is here. Volume three is good. There are highlights, there are lowlights. The art is hit in, very much miss, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, to me, the, I mean, um, to me with volume three, you can kind of, you can kind of get some of the big things, right? You can take us some of the big things. Uh, him using Friday for the, the, the AI, him coming clean. Secretary of Defense. Secretary, that was actually the big thing, right? And that was a big thing to me yeah. because, and, and to me, Volume 3, you're right. So what happened with me with Volume 3 is I actually read the Matt Fraction stuff first, then went back to Volume 4, then went back to Volume 3, and don't do that. 
I'm telling you, mm, no, totally that, is, that is, but, but it gives you some important context for certain, some things later on, but it's stuff you can kind of either listen to us for, or just honestly read the Wikipedia page. But, it's, but I think what's interesting, the way you read it is that you see the seeds of fraction and even Ellis's run planted in this like kind of 55 through 87 of, of volume three. Right. And, and that's and that's the thing that I love about Marvel is even when something is hit or miss, you can then go back and mine it. And so the big mm-hmm. thing here is with, with him becoming Secretary of Defense, the reason why t- uh, like he takes the Secretary of Defense job is once he came out as Iron Man, it, uh, all his patents, uh, which were under his under, you know, Tony Stark had these patents on the Iron Man armor, but they were patents that were basically say that the Iron Man suit were piloted by somebody that wasn't him. So it was like a legal, it was a legal end around that the government was using to try to get its hold on Iron Man technology. And so Tony, and, and again, this is where that seeds of what you're going to see a big thing on going forward in Extremis and in, uh, and in volume four and, uh, and pretty much everything after volume four, which is Tony believes that the safest hands are his own. It's like, all right, cool. If if I can't if I can't beat them legally here, then fine. I'll take that secretary of defense job, and then I'm in control of it all anyway. So that's the way I'll control it. And the problem is, uh, Tony, like, you didn't even run your company really that well because <laughs> that's not you don't you, you don't care about the micromanaging things. And so it's, it, it, but it shows you where, uh, how it shows you how t- Tony thinks and where he's coming from, and it also sets up his. Uh, antagonistic uh, uh, um, relationship now with government officials and with the military and things like that, which get played to you know perfect key in volume four, but particularly in you know the 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 Invincible Iron Man run under under Matt Fraction, like that shit. Was, was that Invincible Iron Man? Yeah, Matt Fraction's Invincible Iron Man run, like it really <clears throat> plays into that when you see that there. So again, again, they're not bad. You know, especially I, I'd say if you pick it up around seventy three, that the end, the end of end of volume three, and pick up and read it to yeah. once it goes to like eighty eight or eighty four, something like that, something yeah. like that. You know, and read those. That I think that gives you a good enough setup going into volume four. I think those are I think those are important for you going into volume four. You know, even if they're not the greatest the greatest read, you need to know that, and you you need to have that information there. And there are very clear moments in there where you see, like, oh, this is they. There's a moment where Marvel decided let's make Iron Man a big book by putting big talent on there. It's and it's before and it's right after Volume Three. Yeah. And so in Volume Three, you get a very a, a very ambitious writer trying to do things against kind of the Marvel machine. But at one point, when Tony's giving his speech to the uh, to Congress about how, hey, if we're going to be realistic about weapons, we need to have them hurt fewer people. I can do that better than anyone in the world. And guess what? Since the rest of the world, you say, oh, the rest of the world has other weapons, they won't follow those rules. Who do they buy their weapons from? Us. So if all of our private contractors are building safer weapons for user and for victim, then, and they end up selling them to these third parties, guess what? War is now safer. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, there are moments where I'm like, there's a really great, like, tell that story. Tell that, don't, tell, don't write that story in his speech. Tell that fucking story. Yeah. Yeah, that is that. And whether it was time constraints or editorial, I was there are enough seeds in, in the back half of that series where I'm like, well, I get mad at Volume because there's so many good stories that are, are kind of seeded and planted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, uh, I, vo- Volume th- vo- Volume Three has 
has it, it starts and these are things that then people can come back later on and pick up on right and and that kind of starts when you get into volume volume four when you get warren ellis, warren ellis is crazy no he's a crazy man no he, warren ellis is crazy crazy like real like crazy 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 yeah um but that craziness i think um it really did start to redefine Tony Stark and using these elements of this. And so it, it, go ahead. one of my favorite things that Warren Ellis did here, and they did it some in the Ultimate Universe, but this is like the first canonical use of it. They tie everyone back to Captain America. Yes. By explaining the extremist program as an extension of the super social program, everything in the universe makes a lot more sense and it's cleaner. So, so volume four starts you know, and, and is the extremist art. There's actually, I think there was a motion, one of those motion, motion uh, comic, yeah. motion comics that, that were up on, um, they had it on, I think they had it on Netflix at one point. I don't know if it's still there or not. Probably not. Um, it's not. And, and everybody's talking about extremists and obviously we use part of this for, you know, Iron Man, Iron Man three. Um, and so this is Maya Hansen, who was the, uh, biologist who, Bioscientists bio who, who created extremists, and this is, this is word for word what she said, and to explain what extremists was. Extremists is a super soldier uh, solution. It's a bioelectronics package filled with a few billion graphite nanotubes and spinning in a carry fluid. A magic bullet like the original super soldier serum, all fit into a single injection. It hacks the body repair. It hacks the body's repair center, the parts of the brain that keep the complete blueprint of the body, a human body. When you're injured, we refer to that area of the brain. Uh, we we refer that area uh, refer to that area of the brain to heal properly. Extremists rewrite the repair center. In the first stage, the body essentially becomes an open wound. The normal human blueprint is being replaced with extremist blueprint. The brain is being told the body is wrong. Extremist protocol dictate, uh, dictates that the subject be placed in a life support and an intravenous fed, uh, intravenously fed nutrients at this point. From the next th- two to three days, the patient remains unconscious with a cocoon of scabs. Shrimmage uses the nutrients of the body and the body mass to grow new organs, better ones. Um, so the story, the six, the six issue story that, that, that Warren Ellis tells is actually pretty basic, right? This bioagent, the Shrimmage uh, bioagent gets stolen. Uh, Maya Hansen actually, you find out later on, and she kind of helped you know, release it. And uh, some terrorist gets a hold of it, and you know, Tony tries to take him down in his, original, in his armor, gets beat. It's injected by the, um, has Maya inject him with the extremist uh, serum, a virus. Uh, he uses that and it repairs, his, not only does it repair his body, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different payload. doesn't create the, super, the superpowers. It just takes out and allows him to focus um, repairing his body. He uses that to create this, this undersheaf that can, controls his armor so that he can like control his armor and bring his armor to him and put it on. You guys know what we're talking about. It's a very simple story. <laughs> very, very simple, right? What I think people forget, though, because everybody focuses on the first six issues. These first six issues lay the groundwork for the rest of Tony's life up to this point. Right. Like, extremist plays has a huge part going forward because it's not just... This is the first step in what we were talking about before about Tony now starting to blur the line between man and machine. He is no longer just the I am Iron Man. No, he is Iron Man. This is Tony without having an armor on, being able to bring in a bunch of data and, and, and check radio waves and control things without having his armor technically on. 
Like this is where this is where Tony starts kind of in a way losing touches with his own humanity. He's, he he you say borderline. I say he obliterates that motherfucker. No, he does absolutely. Even issue seven where he fights Crimson Dynamo and he explains how fast things are happening for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it eliminates the, the idea, and it's interesting because it's something they never really toyed with in the movies yet. They haven't toyed with it yet. We, we did not get a hug. Even, even uh, Infinity War, he's communicating with Friday mm-hmm. to, to dictate actions. Yeah. Here he thinks and it happens. He is the machine. He yeah. is the operating system. And it's fucking terrifying. But because it's a Warren Ellis, you know that he knows it's terrifying. Right. And, 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 so, and this, cause, so, so this happens, and, and as we're going through this stuff, you know, so so that's the first six issues, right? Of it, just, you know, he takes on the he's got the extremist armor now, and he's using this stuff. And we're going to we're going to the next part, which seven seven through twelve, which seven through twelve then also lead into Civil War, which to me seven through twelve do a better job of explaining what Tony's position is in in Civil War and why he's so over the top than anything else. Because I had never read the seven through twelve before. I just write Civil the War. Execute program is that what it is? I, um, I think yes. Yeah, execute I got to jump into execute you, program. If, yeah. if you don't read execute program, then Tony seems completely like what the like he's out of his mind in Civil War. Like he's, but you don't understand why it comes back and you're like, oh, because Tony realizes that that he what happens in execute program could have been the kickoff of the um. Superhero Registration Act and people wanted the superheroes to be brought to uh, brought to heel, not you know those kids being blown up in in, the, in in that town. Because what happens is Tony gets hacked. You find out was it was it Ho Yinsen's was it? It's not his son, is it? Is it his son or is it like his grandson? I think yeah, it's, it's 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 a relative. As a relative, you find out that while the, the the man who helped Tony build the original his original armor in that cave actually put something into Tony that. That could allow him to be controlled, and what ends up happening is, this 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 kid gets a hold of of the control unit and starts controlling Tony, and has it, and so Tony's Tony gets turned into an assassin, and he doesn't even know. And right. and while it has nothing to do with the extremist uh, uh, virus that's in him and and his and his, his undersheath he's using for his armor, people are like, people are starting to get scared of Tony because they. Even without him knowing that he's being controlled, people are getting scared of Tony. They're like, yo, we think he's losing touch with the humanity. Is is Tony okay? Like, what the fuck is is? What if somebody gets a hold of him? Like, this also then becomes the idea of Tony Stark is now technically a metahuman himself. And what do you have when that dude is compromised? Like, it's one thing when the armor is compromised. What do you do when the man is the armor and that is compromised? Like, how does that happen? So, yeah. So, so the, again, these Warren Ellis is crazy. These twelve issues are like what the <laughs> fuck, but they do a gr- groundwork of laying down this idea of, yeah, Tony, you could have been the poster child for why there needed to be a superhuman registration. What just happened was Shield and everybody else covered it up for you. You know, and that is the thing that motivates Tony so much. It's it's the idea, you know, and and you know, um, it it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense why he would he would feel the way he is. It's not saying he's right, you know, 
but you understand what like Tony starts taking the weight of the world on his shoulders, and right. I can't remember. He's also an alcoholic, so that's not really a good thing to do. <laughs> you know, it it just it just it just isn't. So, um, and then uh, I think this is this is right when Civil War happens because a lot of times what happens with these books is you're reading these arcs and then. <laughs> A major uh, a Marvel event will happen. This has happened several times throughout the stuff we're going to talk about here. So Civil War, uh, kind several of, times. Yeah, Civil War basically plops down right in the middle of of this arc. So Tony, you know, Tony has his mess cleaned up, but then you know the 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 new warriors clash with um, a group of villains in Sanford, Connecticut, and while filming a reality show, which I mean. It would have happened. It would have happened. And um, Nitro, one of the, the villains, ended up killing more than 600 people. A lot of them kids. And um, this is where the public opinion on superheroes kind of changes and how you get you know, the Superhero Registration Act, which Tony is all for. And... Um, yeah, you get, like you said, this is, you get a lot, Tony is so wrong here, and just. It's the modernization of Iron Man, mm-hmm. but they break him in the process. Yes, because you. Because you eventually, have... I mean, we can agree, eventually they have, to, they have to kill Tony and bring him back for the first of many fucking times, but. This is the moment that Tony Tony Stark breaks as a character, and 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 I, I think a lot of times we talk about Tony Stark, you know, talk about Civil War. We're like Tony Tony was wrong, hundred percent wrong. When you start getting some of the the side stories and some again, when you read the the lead up to this and you read the execute program and you read the the even after that to the the Iron Man stories there, you understand where Tony is coming from. It doesn't mean that he's right. I'm not pulling a villain agenda here. But you get it, right? You get you get what he's. This is a guy. He has the he has one of the mothers, one of the Stanford mothers coming to him, telling him you're doing the right thing. You know, I've always thought she was a scroll. She might be. She might have been. Honestly, when you think about what happens later on, she might have been. You know, but but you know, from Tony's point of view, it it makes sense, right? It's it's. I'm doing this to protect people. I'm trying to help people. You know, he has this grand. Well, it, it makes sense on Tony's end because Tony got taken advantage of. But as opposed to fixing himself, he decides to fix the world, which is always which, that's where the problem becomes. But that's where Tony's, and and that's the Tony that we've created that that goes forward, and that's a Tony that we need to understand, which is different from the Tony we've had before. Right? This is where Tony Stark becomes interesting, but he also becomes terrifying. You know, it's, it's that, it's that also that weird thing of, and we talked about this before when we talk about like, do you even sci-fi bro and, and, and AI and stuff like that. It's like, imagine Tony is basically like turned into basically like Skynet, you know? And it's like, do you really want that person to be the one that controls everything? You know? Yeah. With every, and with everything else he has going on with him, you know, it's like, Tony is a very complex person. He's a very complex man. He's a man that has all this other stuff going on. And 
he's always given all this responsibility. So not only in all this, you know, like he does things like, and Tony gets, Tony kept pieces of, of, of Thor's hair from the first time they met. Oh, and then him and Hank, like, and I always find it, like, I always, we, we know how, 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 how uh, Thor handles, handles Tony after he comes back, you know, and finds out that what, what Tony did. Did Thor ever do anything Which, to Hank? I cannot Hank? wait to get to it in this story, by the way. Did, cannot wait to get to it in this did, 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 did Thor ever say anything to Hank or read about this? Because, um. I'm just, pretty sure Hank dies at some point. Or remember, because Hank is replaced by the scroll. I think Hank, this may have been. I don't know. It's hard to remember who did what because of the scroll scrollness of it all. But I, I know that when, whenever we do our Hank Pym character corner, we're going to read issues that are going to tell you things about Hank Pym that are going to blow your fucking mind. I'm very excited. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying the person that comes out of here looking the the worst is Tony, but Reed and Hank aren't that much better. <laughs> Reed and Hank are actually equally shitty in this. It's just that Tony takes a lot. Take, Tony takes all the blame because he's technically the guy in charge. But Hank, like, there's a moment in here where I'm reading this where, like, you know, Johnny, it, Johnny gets fucked up, right? Johnny gets messed up, and Johnny's in the hospital, and 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 Susan's, you know, visiting. Sue's visiting Johnny, stuff like that. And at one point, I don't know who it is. No, it, it's. It's T'Challa. T'Challa basically looks at Reed and goes, Reed, go visit John. Go talk to Sue. Like, what are you doing? What are you, d- dude? Right. Get, bruh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Reed is so excited. Reed is that guy that gets so excited. And, and Susan even confronts Tony on this going like, Tony, he looks up to you. He admires you. He's trying to impress you. You are letting him do this shit. And it's, it's literally tearing ceremony apart. You need to tell him to stop. Like, because Reed, Reed is just way too excited about doing all kinds of things like creating a negative zone fucking prison to hold superheroes. Reed is, Reed is, Reed is kind of trash. It's kind of yeah, trash. real trash. Yeah, real trash, right? Yeah, no, nobody comes out, nobody on Tony's side comes out looking good. <laughs> really? Nobody does. Um... I'm trying to think of there anything major things. I know at some point we'll go through more into the. He gets Bill Foster killed. Oh well, that was the whole thing. I forgot to mention that with the whole Thor thing. You know, cloning Thor and creating a Thor clone that ends up killing Bill Foster. But hey, you know what? He did the right thing, and he paid for the funeral. Yeah. <sighs> Doesn't go well, and um, uh, Civil War ends when Cap realizes the damage they're doing, and their giant battle is causing him and turns himself in because Cap does the right thing, and then ends up getting uh, killed by Susan Carter. But we'll do a whole Captain America character corner at some point to go through all that and what happens with there. Um, so, but you know, we're we're, we're dealing with this now. Uh, Tony is now the director of Shield. Because you know what, making him <laughs> making him Secretary of Defense wasn't wasn't good enough, and now that that was over, uh, let's make him director of uh, the International Spy Agency. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Um, one thing I do want to point out: one of the issues that happens in Civil War, to, uh, Civil War is during the um, 
because what happens is Iron Man turn because you 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 might find you're looking for 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 Iron Man and it stops at I think it's like fourteen or something like that. The book changes into um, Iron Man, Director of Shield, to carry on. Um, but one of the issues is like fourteen. I think it's issue fourteen of Iron Man Volume Four. Um, Happy is seriously injured with fighting Spy Master and put in a vegetative state. And again, I think I think when you read the the, the, the Iron Man issues that that go along with Civil War, it it doesn't make Tony right in Civil War, but it kind of informs you of his mindset and where he's at. And going back to what right. you were saying, he's still a man and he gets compromised because he's a man a lot. And when you have this man who can hide himself behind a suit of armor and you can't see his face, you can't see how damaged he is. And so basically what ends up happening is Pepper comes to him and basically says, I know you can, with your extremist armor, I know you can, can reach out and connect to his life support system. Happy would never want to be on that life support. He told me he didn't want to. You can turn it off. He was like, I can't do that. It's murder. It's like, nobody would know. You would know. I wouldn't even know. You know, I wouldn't know. And Tony's like, but I would know. And they leave it ambiguous whether he does or not because the, the machine does go off. But I'm pretty sure Tony turned that shit off. Tony killed Happy. Yeah. Yeah. He did. I mean, he was asked to do it, but just the, the way he's sitting there and after everything that's going on. So there's a man now coming out of Civil War who's now lost one of his best friends. He's lost Cap, who he, he respected Cap. Like, we really didn't go into that relationship a lot there. Tony respects the fuck out of Cap. Respects his fuck out of his teeth. Right? And, um, yeah, it's, it's, he's now, because Cap ends up getting killed. He, he's now lost both of them. And so now you're yeah. stuck with him. You know, you have a director of S.H.I.E.L.D. who is, can interface with all of this technology and stuff like that, who is severely um, compromised. And, he, and, and, he, and it's not like he's not trying to do th- good things or doesn't have ambitions. His idea during Civil War, and something that carries on after the Civil War is over, is this idea of the initiative of Putting a an Avenger a sanctioned Avenger team in every state, in all fifty states. So basically, having fifty trained Avengers teams that are all under the the control of the government. I mean, he's trying to go more importantly, more directly under control of him. Right, because again, Tony has to have control. Tony has to. That's who he is. Who he is. Um, and this this will become a recurring theme this half of the podcast. Yes. Um, the back half of Iron Man Director Shield uh, features the return of the Mandarin, and uh, the Mandarin with um, Extremis Armor, well, going after Extremis, and and basically um, trying to weaponize that and expand that in. And you're going to see the Extremis virus and 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 weaponizing that being a recurring theme because again, the catch out of the bag of what this can do. Right. Um, and. Once something's out of the bag, you can never kind of replace that. Um, the, at this point, the man, because the man, I can't remember the last time he faced, they cut his hands off. So he basically has the ring surgically placed into his back. Because why the fuck not? Because it's super normal. Right. Yeah. Fine. It's fine. Um, and it's all, it's all very, like I said, it's all very compelling. But again, we're kind of just walking our way to the Matt Fraction stuff that really, really takes, I think, 
all these, I think this this piece this this volume four really sets the, the the tone for the the Tony we get in the Matt Fraction run. Um, also during volume four, I think it's also the World War Hulk stuff, and I think also those Illuminati issues as well. Right. Right. This is when they finally revealed that he and some other members of the superhero community have been basically running the world behind the scenes. I mean, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's talk about the end of let's talk about the end of uh, Volume Four though, because Secret Invasion happens. Actually, no. Super, Secret Invasion no? happens. No, Secret Invasion happens in between Volume One and Volume Two. Because when you read Volume One of Matt Fraction's run, and then go into Volume Volume One, he's still Director of Shield. Everything's fine. Volume two, so then Secret Wars happens in between those. Can when Secret Wars, when when you come back to Volume two, all of a sudden things are changing. Like what the fuck happened? It's like, oh, Secret War. Uh, Secret. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was still in. I was still in Iron Man. I forget. This is when they start running the book concurrently. Got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like six months where they run side by side. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. You're right. Right. Um. So let's let's do the first volume of 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 Matt Fraction run, then come back to that. And then Secret Invasion. Okay. Um, because to me, the first volume of Matt Fraction's run really sets the tone. It really lets you know everything that's about to happen. Um, the, first, the first volume is basically called Tony's Five Nightmares. Uh, the, 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 five, the Five Nightmares. And Tony has five nightmares that keep him up late at night. And he says, the first one is that he gets drunk. Right? Uh, the second one is that Iron Man will become cheap. They will become easy, easy, affordable, and replicable. Uh, the third one is that somebody outside of Tony and Rhodey would pilot the Iron Man because he's talking about how I have the, the only the most advanced Iron Man suit and Rhodey has one too but it's not as advanced as mine because again that's a recurring <laughs> theme that he will never give Rhodey one that's as advanced as his or let him hold on to one that's as advanced as his because again Tony has to have control of everything um, that the Iron Man would become disposable cheap and replaceable and unremarkable number four, number four sorry number four uh, and then number five the person who would make the Iron Man cheap, easy to use, and disposable wouldn't be Tony. Those are his five nightmares. And they set this up with, um, again, this is Tony still being the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this shows it up with uh, Ezekiel Stane, uh, Obadiah's son, shows up and has basically um, turned himself into, and, and has found a way to basically turn other people into walking Iron Man's using repulsor tech. Because that's also the other thing too to become serious, because more interesting here. It's not really the armor that that that, that is getting people, it's the repulsor technology right. in there. Because it's basically an unlimited power source. And an unlimited clean power source is I can go a long places. Um and the other thing too I love about this is so, so uh, and it also features the return of Justine Hammer and Saucer Hammer, the grand, the daughter and granddaughter, uh, Justine, the daughter of, and Saucer, the granddaughter of Justin Hammer. Um, so you're basically getting, you know, the legacies of some of the two people that broke Tony Stark down to his core, that literally took him, right. took him, took him, took him out, and took him, made him basically a homeless bum. The, the their their children are are now gunning for Tony, and there is um there's an interesting thing in this volume where Tony is is you know he's kind of been you know, they they've been one step ahead of him, like the the hammers their their idea is because 
you know, their their idea is to replace Tony as the contractor to the government, you know, weapons contractor. Um, and uh, Ezekiel just kind of wants to destroy Tony Stark. Right. He just wants to break Tony. He just wants to break Tony. And so you killed my dad. Right. You killed my dad. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, and, and the end goal here is to basically uh, set off five, I think it's either four or five explosions at the same time that basically cut off uh, Stark International at its core, uh, basically at uh, a repulsor tech and, 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 and all, all the different uh, facilities he has that are working on certain different things. So Tony's like, hey, listen, I'm director of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, but the goal here is. Stark International is still going to change the world, right? We're going to do all these things that are going to change the world beyond weapons, right? And so the Hammers are like, okay, cool. He's getting another weapon in the tree. Let's take his, his place. Uh, and and Stan is just like, I just want to destroy Tony. So there's an interesting thing. We talked about this before about comparing Tony and, and Reed. Uh, Reed and Tony are having this conversation. And they're, they're playing chess. They're, they're, playing five di- they're playing five different games of chess at once, right? And Tony, yeah, and Tony and Reed are talking back and forth, and Reed is basically trying to understand. Like t- Tony's like, "Yo, how are you going to stop them? They have you beat. They have you this. How are you going to do this?" And 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 Tony's just going to what we said before. Like Tony's good at multitasking. Tony's good at seeing. He's like, "They've showed their hand. Now I know what they're going to do. Now I go back and I pick them apart, and I, I go from there." And during this conversation, like you're, you're going back and forth. Like Tony will be like, "Hey, I got check here." Then Reed will be like, "I got you check on boards two and three. And halfway through the conversation, Reed stops and looks at Tony and was like, you have me on check on all five boards at the same time. How did you do that? And that's Tony, right? That basically, that right there, and that's why I want to cover this volume one first, is that basically sets up what Tony is. Tony is always thinking like four or five steps ahead of everybody. He's not always, a, he might, you might beat him, you might get him down, but you, if you don't really kill him, and even then, <laughs> there's probably a backup. Tony has backups yeah. and backups, and, 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 and that becomes in play. And so that volume really sets. He eventually, uh, Ezekiel is able to destroy uh, some of his facilities, and Tony is actually able to stop him at one point by setting off an EMP that basically wipes out uh, you know, the repulsor tech in one of his facilities. And it kind of, it's going to set Stark International back, but Tony's like, well, I still beat you. That's, that's what I did, right? Um, and, and that's the start of Matt Fraction's run. Now, let's go back and, and, and cover the, what happens. There's a lot, like, there's a huge jump between what happens in volume one here and what happens yeah. in volume two. So, you want to cover what happens in, 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 that, in that gap right there? I mean, that's when he fails. Yeah. That's when Tony, all this level of control, this sphere of influence he's built since. Really, Warren Ellis took over the book. It falls the fuck apart. Yeah. Because Secret Invasion doesn't just happen under his nose. It'd be bad enough if the scrolls invaded the Earth on your watch as S.H.I.E.L.D. commanded. That'd be pretty bad, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. What if they use every piece of Stark Tech to do it? Yeah. What if the thing that you've been seeding the government with, the world with, for years... Is there a door in? Is there a way into every system on the planet? You talk about broken. That's Tony Stark disassembled. And then Secret Invasion was bad for the Marvel Universe. It was worse for Tony. And then hack your hack the extremist virus in you. So even, oh, yeah. yeah, and then hack that. 
So even the thing that gave you the most control was hacked as well and made it so you lost control as well. Yeah. It basically takes everything from Tony. Which, which, in, in, and, and, and what I mean by everything, it is they take his reputation, they take his name at this point. So when you come back in volume two, the name Stark is trapped. He has been humiliated. Garbage. He has been, like, he comes out to help at one point as Iron Man, and they're basically like, get the fuck away from here. We don't want you here. It is so bad. And they see, again, this is seated in, they see a lot of this in, in, in Iron Man Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. before this all happens. Um, they, 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 who do they replace him with as Director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Crazy Pants Norman Osborn. That's how bad it is that Norman Osborn replaces... He's so him. crazy. Right. And so... When we come back to Volume 2 on their Matt Fraction run, we're basically getting Norman Osborn taking over as Director of S.H.I.E.L.D., him basically kicking Maria Hill, firing Maria Hill, and, and Tony having to leave. But here's this, there's this one interesting sticking thing that, that, that kind, of, kind of important, just a, just a little bit of an important thing here is, as Director of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Tony held the superhero registration list, what has all of the identities of super, of superhero. And as director of shield, that list should now technically fall to Norman Osborn, which could possibly potentially be a problem. Potentially. Potentially. Now, again, because Tony's Tony, the way Tony handled this was Tony put Tony doesn't trust anybody, and this is this is we we talked shit about Tony and his feeling the best hands are his own, and that's that that's not always a good idea, but sometimes it kind of is. Uh, Tony kept the only copy of the um, the only copy of the uh, the list was kept inside of his brain because the extremist armor basically let him expand his brain capacity and hold certain things, so he kept the only list out there. Of course, when Norman gets in and he's trying to search the database, the first thing he looks for is. Give me the identity of who else? Spider-Man. Right? But, um, so, uh, you get the next two volumes which are basically called Most Wanted, which is, um, Tony trying to escape as, Tony trying to erase his mind as Norman Osborn wants to do. And so, in order to erase his mind, and this, and this is literally what's going back to what you're saying, they, this, is, this has been this has been an, an, this is an interesting and an amazing way to deconstruct a character. They literally deconstruct Tony. Matt Fraction deconstructs Tony Stark by taking him from this, the most intel, one of the most intelligent men on the planet to basically being a man who can't remember what he's doing. Like it is, it's literally, you know, a deconstruction. And I, I got to shout out, not just Matt Fraction for writing the but also, uh, was it Salvador, uh, Aroka for writing effort, uh, yeah. the, 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 the artwork, and then Frank uh, D'Amarto uh, da uh, for the colors. Like this, the, uh, the Matt Fraction Invincible Iron Man run, it's an Eisner Award winner, and it's for a reason. It's a great art, it's great writing. It's 11 volumes. Uh, the artwork is fucking phenomenal. It's great. 
And um, yeah, so basically what happens is there is Tony goes from secret Tony secret Stark facility to secret Stark facility, and he has to he's going from his most advanced armors to his least advanced armors because he needs a power source to kind of delete the the um, what's in his brain. In order to delete do that, he needs to do that hooked up to uh, an armor. But in order to escape, you know, Shield coming after him, he needs to be in armors that he can actually pilot. And as he's getting dumber and dumber, really, he needs ar- armors that are less and less sophisticated. So it comes all the way yeah. down to him wearing the original armor. It's a really, really good. So the thing I complain about where everyone has to rebuild Tony on their own time, Fraction says, I'm doing the opposite. I'm going to break him. I'm going re- to reverse him step by step. Because it's amazing. Because to wipe a computer is a hard thing. Yeah. And when it's the most powerful computer ever built, and it happens to also be Tony's brain, he made it notably hard to do. Mm-hmm. But you're right. As he's doing this impossible task, he's getting dumber every second. Yeah. It's really, it's really elegant writing. Yeah. Um, something we didn't mention before in the volume one, uh, Pepper is actually injured and she gets her own kind of repulsor tech. That's going to come in later, play later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony actually built her an armor herself, the rescue armor. Uh, has no outward um, you know, weapons itself, just uses magnets. And she started using it to rescue, th- uh, rescue people, literally rescue people. It's called rescue. With her mm-hmm. own AI called Jarvis. Um, and uh, that'll come into play later on down the line. But I had to, I had to make sure I didn't mention that. But, um, I think it's the end of volume three literally ends with Stark in the original armor battling uh, a, a out of his fucking mind, Norman Osborn in the Iron Patriot armor, uh, you know, beating Tony on a live feed as, as Tony's not even like defending himself, right? And, and we've covered this in the Spider-Man character corner, but Dark Reign ends with them peeling him out of the Iron Patriot armor with a goblin face print, face paint painted on. And Spider-Man said, I told you he's crazy. Right. Right. It, Norman's it's, so crazy. It's interesting reading, reading some of the Dark Reign stuff through spot the, from the Spider-Man book point of view and then the Iron Man point of view. Cause there are certain times when you're, you're going through the Dark Reign stuff in Iron Man and like, like Norman is so focused on getting Tony. Like there's one time when he was like, we're just going to go into Russia and get this. Like, yeah, yeah, we can't do that without their permission. We just kill them all. It's like, we can't do that without, we can't do that. You, you do realize that. No, it's like, you're like, you see that you see, the, you see it. You're like, he's going fucking crazy. He's out of his fucking mind. You know, um, there is a, it's a whole thing here with, um, uh, 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 Madame Mass too. She's one of the people that was hired by, by um, Norman to go hunt down Tony, um, and and like she's out of her mind too. Whitney's out of her goddamn. Yep. Like she, her love for Tony is just oof. yeah. Tony, Tony, you make bad life choices and love choices. You really do, really, really fucking do. Um, so. The other thing that Tony did was he, he, he's going around raising his mind, but he also sent Maria, Maria um, Hill out to get this hard drive. And what you end up finding out that hard drive is, is it's a backup of Tony's brain pre-Civil War. So it's, it's, it's all the backup of what he has, but it's not, it doesn't include the registration. Um, 
And so, uh, volume four is kind of the, the stark dissembled. It's, it's literally them trying to piece. It's, it's them hooking this. And and honestly, it's, it's it's an interesting thing because Stark has a, you know, before they do it, he gives them a choice. He's like, listen, I need all of these people to be on board with this. He needs Thor, Cap, uh, Captain America, who Steve is back now, but uh, 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 technically Cap is, I think, still Bucky at this point, but Steve is back, um, and, and Pepper. He wants all, they all need to agree to even bring them back because he gives them a choice. He's like, listen, the real question is even, do you even bring me back? I've caused a lot of problems. If you got into this, he's like, if I just got into this point, I kind of went a little bit out of control. I might have gone a little bit too far. So maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't bring me back. Um, it's, again, it's another interesting thing kind of comparing Tony to Bruce Wayne and that arrogant Batman thing of, you know, hey, you had a files on all of us. You know, Superman saying to Batman, you had files on all of us. You know, what about you? What if you went rogue? Well, I have a backup plan to take me down. It's called the Justice League. You're like, yeah, but you're just a man in a bat suit, right? So that's kind of a little bit more arrogant than nothing, because like one of them can literally <laughs> crush your throat and like, like we we have to, you have to play around with the idea of like Batman really being able to take down Justice League, right? Like we do it, but it's bat privilege, right? We get it, right? But with Tony, bat you're like, like right? But you're like, but with, but, but but with Tony, you're kind of like, no, but seriously, Tony Stark is a fucking problem, and he yes, he is a threat. <laughs> To the safety of the planet, because Tony Stark is constantly doing things that could be a fucking problem. You know, like one thing we didn't cover when he was just uh, in, in the in the, the uh, part of the volume four stuff is at one point to stop the airborne extremist virus that the Mandarin was going to send out. He literally has them launch a nuke to wipe out the the virus. And granted, he did it to save more lives, but like. Tony's a weapons dealer, and, and he's become the weapon, and the weapon becomes compromised. What the fuck are we doing, right? So it's just an interesting thing here with, with him, him making the choice, you know? They have to make the choice of whether they want to bring to particularly Pepper, because she needs she need, he needs the, the repulsor tech that's in her chest. She, doesn't, she no longer needs it to keep her alive. He's like, you need to agree to kind of go through this to, to take it out and put it back into me, because I'm going to need that to kind of come back. And um, there's a whole thing where Norman's still trying to find him and still trying to kill him. And uh, Dr. Strange comes in to kind of help Tony bring him back to the light and all this other stuff. But the interesting piece that happens I, here, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I really like the whole th- I love this whole piece yeah. of what we read because, like, even the very beginning where it starts where Pepper can't reconcile him coming back. Yeah, why do you get to come back and Happy doesn't? Everyone else has to stay dead. Jude come back, and of course, also I think you're about to talk about it. These scenes with the with the wasteland. Yeah, the scenes inside Tony's head. Right. Yeah, it's it's just it's all there. So so yeah, so it's like it it then like again, every one of these volumes is must read. Like I, yeah, we might skip over a lot of stuff here because there's a lot. It, it's a lot. But I found myself starting to read the Matt Fraction run, and I couldn't read anything else until I got finished it completely. Like it is that good because it literally, it's this this right now is up to this point is the breaking down of Tony to his core, and now it's basically if you think about it, because you got you got Pepper, Thor, and and Steve. These are the three people that Tony has kind of hurt the most up to this point. Are the ones that have to decide if they're going to bring Tony back. 
Remember, we kind of skipped over it, but like Tony did come out and whoop, uh, Thor did come back and whoop, whoop Tony's ass to kind of remind him that. Oh, yeah, we covered it in oh. the Thor run. That's the reason why I didn't, we didn't, we didn't have to do it it's again. So between okay, so the two things I've loved to this point that we didn't talk about are that beatdown and when Nova comes back to Earth mm-hmm. and explains what's happened in galactic space yeah. while they were having their civil war. Right. Yeah. Just small-minded people. Like <laughs> you're so. But also, you like even the smartest man alive. He was very focused on these things, like civil war. It, yes, of course, starting with ideological purity. It broke down to a, he wanted to beat Steve, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they agree to to bring Tony back, but there's one small problem, and I love that Reed kind of jokes Tony about this. Um, Tony wasn't keeping the most up-to-date backups of his brain. And so there's a pretty big gap in his mind. And so Tony doesn't remember any of Civil War. And not just, and and apparently it comes out to it's not just sequential. There's a lot of things. He's got bits and pieces of certain things. So when Tony comes back, Tony's back. But he's not all the way back because he doesn't remember half the stuff that's happened. And so there's a point where Tony's basically locked himself in a room and is reading up on all the things he's happened. He's horrified at what he's what what he what he had become and what he had done. And it's a, it, again, it's another. This is a part of Matt Fraction then coming back and building Tony back up. And it's an interesting thing because not only building him back up, but he's forcing Tony to have to do something that no other writers really had him do before. Which is come to terms with how terrible of a person he was to other people and the terrible decisions he made before. You know? And what you get is, in the rest of this run, is Tony kind of still taking it all on himself, kind of, but also realizing that that's what got him in trouble before and that um, he isn't owed. it isn't isn't owed uh, people uh, forgiving him, and that he has a lot to atone for. And um, it's 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 when it's another part where Tony becomes interesting because this is a Tony we've never seen before. We've never seen a Tony who comes out and wants to create a new company called Stark Resilient, which is completely out of the war making industry. He. Where before, there's, no, there's no weapons application whatsoever. Where before he didn't, he kept the repulsor tech and everything that he made so close to the vest. And this was something that came out back during, again, this is where Matt Fraction took all the seeds before the stuff we were talking about, some of the stuff from volume three, some of the stuff from, from volume four with the extremist stuff. Because there's, there's uh, his, his old uh, friend Sal who kind of pointed when they were having those philosophical conversations between him and Maya. About how, like, you just make weapons. What are you doing with your life? You could literally use the right. tech that you have to change the world, and not what you're doing. You're building better bombs. And so Tony's like, "This is Tony coming to the realization. Like, you're right. I could, I could build. I could, I could literally change the world. So what if we decided to make a non-weaponized version of the repulsor tech that can never be used to create to to make a weapon, but can make clean energy that can literally change the world." So that's what Stark Resilient comes. He has no money. This is also money. one of my favorite eras of Tony. Yeah. I love the bleeding edge armor. Oh, so 
we said we were going to do armors in another thing, but the extremist armor need to be talked about. But the bleeding edge armor is so. has to, it has to be talked about. Where the extremist armor was really just the undersheathing was stored in his bones, the bleeding edge suit in the actual armor is actually stored inside of Tony. This is called a bleeding edge, but this is actually Tony, hundred percent becoming part machine. It just is. It's he's able to do. He is literally Iron Man at any point. You cannot separate the man from the machine at this point. It's always there. And I am Iron Man means a whole new thing now. A whole new, whole new thing. Um, he wants to build for the future. Uh, I think it was, wasn't it Norman and them that's, that, that this is around the time that Asgard is above Broxton on Earth? Oh, Asgard gets brought down during Siege. Yeah, during Siege. And so Tony meets with, uh, with, with, with Thor and it's like, I want to rebuild. I want to rebuild not just Broxton, but, but Asgard for you. I want to do this, you know? And it's basically Tony going down this, 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 this path of trying to redeem himself. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, 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 I love that. I love the conversation between he and Reed in 25 about the bleeding edge armor mm -hmm. when he explains, explains, uh, we started eating meat because we need more protein because we need to think more. Did you know that to get smarter? We need more power to get more power. We need to get smarter for all intents and purposes. I've got a man-made star in my chest. Reed. Yeah, so much pumping juice I'm pumping into my head these days. Oh my. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so like, and this is another time. It made the science cool. So the new suit takes advantage of your new intellect and dominion over your entire mind and body, huh? And an upgrade to extremists as well as, as to Stark. Now this is what comes next. Like it's it makes the idea, and then you don't see the armor without the issue. Like, how'd you get here? I, I flew. Right. And <laughs> Pepper just gives him the look, like, like <laughs> the look, like son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. You're building armor something. He's like, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, he apologizes to Thor. He asks, asks him to help. The entire issue of 25, they lampshade this. They don't show you the suit. And you're kind of like, where? how is he even going to get this no suit being? There's no suitcase. How's he? Let him figure out how to get home. Right. And then he just wills the suit off. Right. <laughs> who wants to, who and the last fly? line is, I am Iron Man. Yeah. Who wants to fly in helicopters anyway? <laughs> you know, it's just Man, like, it's so good. You know, it, is, it is really good. And the suit is amazing. And it's just, it's but it, so cool. it's, it's this new idea of Stark actually trying, Stark becoming the person that he claimed he was, the man who's going to change the world. And that's what Stark Resilient is. It just so happens that that person's also a person that uh, everybody else is terrified of. <laughs> and so Terrified. All and so all of his monsters come back, you know? And so uh, uh, Sasha and, 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 and Justine, who you didn't know that Sasha Hammer was actually Sasha Hammer at the time. When you first meet her in volume one, Ezekiel's with this girl, is, is Asian, and you have no idea who she is. You later find out that that girl was actually Sasha Hammer, and her and her mother are out to, you know, um, at the end of volume six, they get, uh, Zeke, they get the Mandarin to get the Zeke out of jail. And you're like, wait a minute. So now we got two hammers, a stain, and the Mandarin working together? Mm, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. And um, 
Yeah, what you what you you find is like volume seven is called My Monsters, and I really love that one because I think the end of that one is the one with Tony going back to his first AA meeting in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. and I really like that one because it's just like it's kind of like almost a recap of everything Tony's been through. And and him kind of explaining it's like, yo, it wasn't just the alcohol. It was the women. It was the behavior. It was everything. It was all of it was was that. And everything I'm doing now still kind of triggers that. And every time I think I'm fine, I don't need to go to meetings. I need to go to a meeting. You know? And and I really, I appreciate, we talked about this before. Demon in a Bottle kind of made it seem like it was a one-off thing. Like he beat, he beat alcoholism in like 24 hours. <laughs> Everybody since then though has made it a point that it's not. And later on, the way what Matt Fraction does with that later on, and this volume is, is fucking fantastic. Great. Um, there is one thing I want to, before, and actually before we even get, because I think we're coming up on that soon anyway. Before we get into that, I do want to pull out the, the Invincible Iron Man annuals that they did. The three annuals that Matt Fraction did with, with the Mandarin. Right. Yeah. We talked about it before. We didn't cover the Mandarin a lot in the first volume because it's like it's, it's kind of racist and kind of bad. The what they did, what what Matt Fraction did with the Mandarin here is it, it's great. It's so good, and you're just like so good. He, like he basically kidnaps this director to basically do a "This is your life," and um, the director keeps as he threatens the director, his wife, and all this. But you end up finding out is yeah, the Mandarin's lying about his entire life. He makes this, he, he wants a director and he's so obsessed with Tony Stark that he keeps telling him he wants you to tell, I want you to tell the accurate story, but the director keeps doing the research and trying to find this stuff out. And he's finding out, it's like, none of it's true. None of it's fucking true. Like, his mother wasn't, he wasn't like the son of some, you know, some like European heiress. He was the son of some woman that was, that worked in a, in a, in a brothel, you know? Didn't really know who his father was. Like, all these, he made him seem like himself that, that he was a, he was a champion of the People's Republic. It's like, no, you were like a little rebel. Like, none of these things you say were true. And the way the Mandarin handles that and the way he does it, you just, you see how unstable and, and obsessed with Tony is. He, the, the final straw, he's like, all right, I, and this is where I kill Tony Stark. It's like, but Tony Stark is still alive. No, no, I killed him. No, no, we <laughs> literally can see. There's a newspaper that has Tony Stark's face on it. Tony Stark is still alive. No, no, no. No, and then the, I love the panel where he's trying to pick the actor to play Tony Stark, <laughs> and he picks somebody who looks nothing like him. It's like, yeah, Tony was coming. Yeah, Tony came down to uh, Vietnam, and he was trying to sell heroin. It's like, but that's not. No, no, he was selling heroin. He was a drug dealer, and that's why I tried to kidnap him and kill him, and all this. I'm like, but that's not true. Uh, a little retcon also. They make it so that the Mandarin was there. Was part of. Uh, was there when 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 um Tony was kidnapped uh, in, uh, in Vietnam. Right. So, small retcon, not, not a huge one. It's the Marvel world. sliding time scale. Like, exactly. All these things happen. Like, it used to be Vietnam, and now it was Afghanistan. Like, all these things get shifted, and I like the fact that, like you said, they don't, they don't disregard continuity. They add on to it. They say, oh, we, those are unnamed guys in that cave. One of those unnamed guys happened to be the Mandarin. Right, right, right. So, um... You then, so, so the rest of the volume is basically then, because there's also, I can't remember what volume it is. I, I want to say it might be before he gets his full memory back. And then one of the volumes, they basically do this alternate history of him in the future where Tony has two kids, uh, the future. Oh, it's, it's, it's issue 500. 500, yeah. The, 
the Mandarin is is in control of everything. Uh, Tony, he's using Tony as a battery. The world is is run, you know, is being controlled by these giant uh, mech machines, and the Mandarin's his goal is to drill down the center of Earth. Um, and and they stop him in the future, and and you you get the rest of the 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 um the volume is kind of things kind of leading towards that, even though it doesn't happen. Like one there's a, there's an issue where he's with Peter uh, Parker, and he's talking to Peter. It's like, hey, listen, I know I created this thing, but I don't know what it is, and I don't know why I created. it. I need your help to help me track it down because the, the 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 plans are now out there in the world. And so you get this you get this weird thing of Tony trying to absolve himself not absolve himself fix the things that he broke when when his he doesn't remember them and also try to aim for the future. It's just battling his past while also trying to go towards the future thing is very very intriguing. Um, let me see. And a part of also going through this volume is Matt Fraction also wrote Fear itself, and um. This is basically when Odin's brother Cole comes back. Uh, and it's a big thing. In terms of Tony, the important piece here is Tony gets drunk again. Well, he has to sacrifice something to the gods to gain access to their, their armory. Yeah, to get Odin and showed up. Yeah. It's, it's figured out very early that he can't win this fight unless he has outside help. And so he sacrifices his right. So, yes, but I love the fact that. Matt Fraction didn't give Tony that easy out of, well, you only right. did it to do this. Because what you later find out is Tony says, yes, one, there was, I um, can't remember what it was. He had done something. Oh, when, so when Tony, because part of one of the two of the, some of the volumes when he's going to fear itself, when Tony is uh, going to Paris and he sees all these people have been turned to stone. Like the entire city of Paris has been turned to stone. But yeah, and, and Tony is like devastated by this because he couldn't stop it from happening. He couldn't stop the, the gargoyle from, from doing this. Tony's de- like, Tony is just like, de- he takes the bottle because he broke. Yes, he's going to sacrifice it, to, to, but he, he, he had broke at that point. And, and, and adjusting Hammer and uh, Detroit Steel, which we'll get into later. I, I, I kind of skipped over the Detroit Steel. We'll come back to that later. Um, they sent mm. Tony this bottle, and Tony took it. He took it because he was broken. Right, and he does do it to sacrifice to the gods. But then, while he's there working with the the dwarves, he drinks with them too. So I love the fact that Matt comes back to them and goes and says, "Like, you know what? The first drink I did, you could probably say I did it to save the world. You could, but all the drinks afterwards, nope, those are on me. I did it. I broke. I did it. And I love the fact that they did that kind of show you that this is a constant battle for Tony. He's an alcoholic." You know, everything he's going through, everything is happening right now, it's, it's weighing on him. You know, uh, the Hammers have, have come back and gotten a contract with the U.S. government, created this new thing called, uh, this, this new Iron Man-like mech called Detroit Steel. Um, <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> Who, uh, with Lieutenant, I think it's Lieutenant Johnson in there, gets fucked up in, 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 the, uh, in, in, the, in, in, the, in the Paris fight with the Gargoyle and stuff like that. So you have all this stuff going on, like it's all weighing on Tony. You know, he has a saboteur in his, in his, in, in Stark Resilient. You know, all these things are happening, and so this is kind of the final straw, and it set Tony over. Um, and so he fell, he fell off the wagon again. The problem is, 
somebody knows he fell off the wagon, and the U.S. government now is now subpoenaing all the 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 data from the Iron Man suit because they want to prove that Tony was piling the Iron Man suit while he was un, while he was intoxicated. You later find out this is because the just uh, uh, the hammers had put like some kind of tracking device in the actual alcohol bottle, and that's how they knew about <laughs> it. Um, and granted, it's like he did it, and he was he saved the world while he was drunk. So it's like, was it really that bad? <laughs> you know. But at the same time, it's all there to to discredit Stark because again, it's all part of a the master plan of the Mandarin to break Stark down. Because you also see that the Mandarin also is kind of controlling Stark, and so they're they're trying their best to do this. So. Uh, Stark ends up giving up the um, bleeding edge suit. Um, he ends up giving that up, um, and it um, and basically surrenders to the uh, the Mandarin, who's again has hacked hacked his body and controlling his body. Um, right. The end of this basically is uh, Stark having to work with uh, Ezekiel Stain to take down the Mandarin. Like this entire, it, it it sounds so fucking crazy, but in the large picture, it of makes the- it flows so well. And the fact that this is you and me again, and I do this every time I do one of these long character corners. You give someone enough runway to tell a long story, they're gonna blow you away. Like they gave him eleven volumes, guys, and he told one. Hell of a story. <laughs> he tells one hell of a fucking story. Tony, to, the end of it is basically Tony, Tony doing something that Tony doesn't normally do. Tony gives up control. Tony gives up to control of Stark Resilient he, to, so that they can do, do this new tonality. He had given up the repulsor tech. He, he gave up the bleeding edge suit. He basically, it goes back to that first, that, that first volume where I talk about how he got check on all five boards against, against um, Reed. Stark basically lets the manor and think he's won when he already knows how this is going to end. Stark, but when Stark gave up, he was like, no, I know, what, I know what I need to do. I, I, already, I already figured this out. He, at one point, he forced them to show their hand too early. And once you show Tony Stark your hand too early, he now knows what you're going to do, and he basically breaks it down from there. And so, right. um, yeah, volume, uh, volume 11 ends, and I think this is when we start getting into the, the Marvel Now stuff. Uh, t- Tony ends, volume 11 ends with Tony building a new armor and going to space. Joins the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Joins the Guardians of the Galaxy. So all that's there. Um, and I think the next big thing, I guess, is the Axis Superior Iron Man stuff. Yes. Which basically uh, inverts Tony in the worst parts of Tony. So what it does, it, 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 it plays up to the worst, persona- worst ad- aspect of his personality. So he's drunk again. He's very responsible. And he's all about his ego to the point where he's got basically the entire San Francisco. Everyone's addicted to extremists. Mm-hmm. So he says that for ninety nine, is it a hundred dollars a day? Hundred dollars a day. This upgrade makes you happy, healthy, beautiful, and possibly immortal. Mm-hmm. All you do is pay. And Daredevil looks out there. It's a good little mini arc with him. Daredevil he gives Daredevil his um, his uh, sight back, but Daredevil figures out that he's given extremists in the city through the water supply, and that the phone app can actually what activates it. Mm-hmm. He then brain damages Matt and throws him out of the city. Yeah. Yeah. Tony's lost. He's using a new liquid armor. And this is all happening against the backdrop of the new Avengers 
world ending, the universe is ending, multiverse ending, excuse me, story that's happening over when Hick or Hickman's writing. Right. So, so if you, when you compare, because I didn't, I wasn't reading Superior Iron Man at the time. And I was like, this makes so much more. Because I was reading like the Matt Fraction. I was like, how do we get from Matt Fraction the to, time runs out to, stuff, the, yeah. to the time runs out? I was like, how do we get? I was like, oh, that's why you have the Superior Iron Man, and this is not the Tony that had all these revelations about but, the good stuff we need to do. But what I love about the end of Time Runs Out is that, yes, it is inverted Iron Man at the end. It is inverted Iron Man that in the cage. But when he thinks back and he and Steve are in that diner talking about how it started, when he talks about Avengers World, he said, you knew then that we couldn't win, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Pre-inversion, pre-all of it, he knew that the universe was going to come to an end and he'd let everyone think that they had a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because while these aspects of Tony's ego were being played up and played upon by the access inversion, that he is those things. Yeah, he still he always things. knew. And the thing about it is, when it comes to that kind of stuff, he's not going to. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna not do that. He wasn't. He wasn't like uh, even even without the inversion, the stuff that happens in 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 Hickman's Avengers and Secret Wars uh, in Hickman's Avengers, Tony still would have done. He still would have done. Hundred times out of hundred, he would still would have done. You know, I think that's also part of the stuff with. The Planet Hulk stuff and World War Hulk stuff, you know? Yeah. All that stuff happens. Um, see, anything small things. Original Sin reveals that Tony modified the Gamma Bomb that turned Bruce Banner into the Hulk, but it did it kind of save him. So it's not, a, yeah. It wasn't as bad as you, you thought. And also, the stuff we're learning about Hulk and Immortal Hulk, well, I don't know how much it even mattered. Right. So, um,. Yeah, we've done the Figurements and Vendor stuff. So we're not gonna cover that stuff again. We've covered that to death. Um, I guess we come into all new, all new Marvel, the the Bendis Iron Man run, right? I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. Well, I like that in in also reading the international Iron Man stuff with the re- revelation about Tony's Tony's parents. So that was, so reading that I had not read all of that until we did the reading for this. Mm. I had read the Bendis stuff. This was my first time reading the parents stuff. Yeah. And it brings you this new idea that, you know, Tony has this issue with, with Howard Stark the entire time. We find, later find out that Howard did not, he's not his birth kid. Howard and Maria Stark, they adopted the child because Tony's original uh, mother was Amanda Armstrong. Turned out to end up, he was a rock star, but ended up being an, an, also an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Who fell in right. love with a double agent who was, uh, worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., but was also a Hydra agent. And so when Amanda gave the, the child up, child went adoption, but Maria and Howard couldn't have kids. So when Howard found out that they were taking this kid and they were putting this kid into an orphanage somewhere in some Eastern European country, he went and got the kid and raised a kid of his own. And that's what happened. And you're right. It's done really, really well. I love that. And I also love in, in business's run for in, in regular eventual uh, 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 Iron Man. Obviously, we have the induction of, of, of Riri, but we also have this. The, also, the new, the new improved Victor, Victor Von Doom, right? Mm-hmm. And and that whole thing, I love that. Like it's just Victor showing up every five minutes, and Tony going like, "What are you doing here? Why are you here? Why do you keep showing up? Leave me alone! <laughs> Leave me alone!" Uh, and then there's also uh, Civil War Two, where basically it's basically Tony basically going like. Hey, Carol, I did this thing. I did this before. You don't want to go down this route. It's a bad idea. 
It's a bad idea. I did really like the um, issue, the standalone Iron Man issue, not standalone, but the tie-in Iron Man issue where they both end up at a meeting. Yeah. That's great. Because again, because it was, it was a weird thing, Tony going, it, so when you come back in the all-new Avengers, you have the, Tony's no, no longer inverted anymore. So you, you're, you're kind of going back to that. You're getting the Tony from, Hick, uh, from, from Fractions Run. The Tony that right. wants to change the world that can be an asshole, yes, but at the end of the day, he really is trying to, he's trying to do less harm than he normally does, you know, and, and, and be more responsible. It's a weird thing to say Tony Stark is responsible, but this is that kind of Tony. <laughs> right. But, but, but that's important because that's the goal. You're right. It, it, but that's him. And so in, in, he's going through all this stuff and Tony's like, I need to go to a meeting. I need to go to a meeting, but I can't go to a meeting because, oh my God. I'm Carol sponsor and Carol probably needs to go to a meeting too. I was just like, this is Tony caring. This is ridiculous. I've never seen Tony like this. Like Tony, Tony almost doesn't go to a meeting cause he's afraid that he'll run into Carol and that Carol probably need to go to a meeting too. <laughs> and alcoholics anonymous meeting. It just, it's funny. And then of course he shows up at the meeting and then Carol's there too. And you're just like, God damn it. Of course. But, then, but then they have a, they have a conversation. Carol doesn't listen, but you can see that. And, and that's one thing that stood out to me about the entirety of civil war two is like, this is how stark of a difference it was between this Tony and the Tony that was in Civil War. It's almost t- like Marvel was a bad writer, anyway. Yeah, because <laughs> this Tony was this Tony was sitting there going the entire time, basically going, "I did this before, guys. This does not." <laughs> he just wants people to listen. Like I've done this before. It does not end well for any of us. We don't want to go down this route. Trust me, I'm I've been the bad guy, <laughs> and nobody listened to him. Yeah, he's like this. You no. Know. If if cap's not on your side, you're wrong. What? Right. I'm sorry. Like the, the cap test. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't like it any more than you do, but it's true. He's right a lot. Right. Um, so at the end of that, it's but it's also colored because the kickoff event that made them the, made the fight happen is the death of his best friend. Yeah, that too. You know, the death of Rhodey. So. Um. And then we get into the, the modern stuff. So uh, in Civil War II, Tony's taken off the board uh, for a little bit, put into a coma. Uh, we get Riri. We'll cover her into one of those legacy episodes we're going to do. Um, and then Victor Von Doom takes over as Iron Man, which I got to say, I love that fucking book. I'm not going to lie. Because Tony dies again. Right. Yeah. 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 Tony dies, but of course Tony comes Which, back. let me just say this. I get it. I get that a lot of the appeal of Tony as the inventor is the guy who invents things to save himself. Can we slow down on killing? <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, it just, no. like, especially having done this reading together. Yeah, no, we, we got to stop killing them. We got to stop, stop killing them. Like, because you're right, Tony dies in Civil War, but he is now in a persistent vegetative state because, of course, he's experimenting himself enough to where he can't be killed, actually. But his brain's gone. So now his brain is running. Is he's the his an AI extension of himself is running Riri's armor, and Victor Von Doom is taking inspiration from Tony Stark. <laughs> I crazy. loved it because it felt so weird and different and off. And it's kind of if if there was if Bendis is going to leave a property before as his last touch in Marvel, I'm glad it was Iron Man. I'm glad he got to make changes that were going to last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I preach. We gotta stop killing him, though. We gotta, we gotta find another way. But all the, the, the other thing too is like at some point, I think you had to take him off the board, right? You had, to, you yeah. had, to, you had, to, you had to, at this point, you had to take Tony off the board, um, 
to 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 make a matter again. Hand the helmet to hand the helmet to Rhodey and have him go into seclusion. True. True. Well, give yeah. us a mystery Iron Man that's not a mystery that everyone is reading. It's a Trody. Everyone in the book knows it's Trody, but he won't confirm it. Mm-hmm. Let's make that the to give me twelve issues of that. Right. And just say Tony on the wall. There's there are so many other ways, and I get it. I understand it. And having Tony as the mentor AI for Riri was a pretty cool conceit. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah, no, it was great because him, uh, you know, the AI during like in, in, you know uh, Secret Empire was actually pretty good. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's. Like that, a- <laughs> wasn't it the AI that started talking shit to? Um, yeah, wasn't it the AI was talking shit to, to Hank Pym slash Ultron? Yeah, because yeah. it's still Tony. <laughs> I'm sorry, yo. I'm sorry. I like. It. I love that. I love the fact that it's still Tony. Just an AI form. Because um, because during the meetings, because during okay, so during Secret Empire, there is a mo- moment where the pro hydra and anti-hydra forces meet up at ultron's castle and he makes them sit down to have dinner and ultron ruminating about how they used to be a family and the goddamn ai is like stop being a family you start beating your wife <laughs> like, that's why it should never work you hit your wife henry <laughs> it's just like we could have been home like he's in the suit i can't i'd bring the suit like i'm sorry <laughs> Like Riri's like, we should fuck up. Well, where's the volume on this thing? Right. So it was like, and another motherfucking thing. Like, <laughs> what you don't realize is that Tony is an AI. There's no way to like talk over him. Well, I, I gotta say this. I, I guess we'll cover the AIs a little bit more in when we do the armors too, man. I'm not gonna lie. I love the way I, I when when in the in the fraction run and was it a fraction run? Yeah. No. No. The um the Bendis run. Volume I love, three. I love. Oh, I, Bendis. Yeah, Bendis I, first. I, yeah. I love. When he wasn't first, but I love Friday in the 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 Bendis run because basically Tony's basically Tony basically lets lets Friday run the company and has basically told yeah. her base like there's one point where Tony's like okay she's like she's going through his schedule it's like okay you gotta you gotta meet these kids at St Jude he's like I'll cancel that he's like no you can't cancel that you told me not to let you cancel that he's like no we gotta cancel it's like she plays a recording of Tony going hey Tony this Tony um. <laughs> Listen, you can't cancel this meeting. Like she's, she's just as much of an asshole back to Tony, and it's fucking hilarious. Like when um, in that Benjamin also, I think it's uh MJ Mary Jane shows up and is going to be uh hoping going to be uh hoping get Tony's brand. She's back new together. Pepper, right? She's the new Pepper. Um, and it's funny to me because <laughs> at one point, like Friday just talks like she's a regular. Like to everybody else. Like when, when, like when the stakeholder shows up, Friday talks like you know an AI and kind of is like a little bit. When she's around everybody else, she kind of just says things. Like at one point, she makes a joke about AI taking over the world, and MJ's just like, "Yeah, maybe the AI shouldn't be talking about taking over the world." That's a little frightening. Some jokes aren't funny. Yeah, some jokes. Aren't some funny. jokes aren't funny. Yeah, some jokes aren't funny. Maybe she didn't do that. So, um, yeah. So and now Dan Slott is writing Iron Man. Man, so I'm behind. I'm behind. I'm behind. I'm behind in that one too. I started reading it before, and it's and it's, but it's 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 great because it's going back to it's. It feels like it's a carrying on what Matt Fraction was doing with Tony trying to Resilient. be, you know, right? Yeah, being being an innovator and bringing this stuff to the world. Right. You know? it's, and, it's it's a it it, it it has a lot of echoes of Stark Resilient, mm-hmm. but it's also going forward with some of the. I don't know if you've ever read the Secret Avenger stuff. 
I forget who wrote it on this. I think it might have been Fraction, who talked about kind of the AI apocalypse and what was coming with the death plots. And that's kind of where uh, mm. Slops, it's a thread that Slops picked up on that I really enjoyed. I need to catch up. I am like probably six issues back. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, a lot of great but, stuff. Um, like, the, the late run Tony, when they decided as a company that Tony Stark was going to matter, holy shit, things pick up in a hurry. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating Tony Stark is a fascinating character, especially like I said the 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 back half of Volume Three. I think Volume Four and the director of, of Shield or, or stuff is very very important. To I read. would argue that them putting Warren Ellis on the book was the announcement that this character matters now. Um, yeah, I'd go with it. I think that's the breaking point where it's like, oh, like so before it's pretty good. <clears throat> There's some seeds of good stories, like we said. Demon the Ball's a good story. The Iron Armor Wars is entertaining. There's stuff that's in there. But once you get to that first issue of Iron Man, Warren Ellis, read from that point forward if you want your modern interpretation and kind of understanding. Because guess what? They tell that origin story every 12 goddamn issues. I swear. I, I, oh. they, they really do. He was in a cave, built a suit, he got out. He gives it a cave, he built a suit, he got out. Now he's in his brain, but he's still in a cave. He still built a suit, he got out. Now he's in his brain, and it's not a cave, but it's like a wasteland where he's digging for the suit. Anyway, he gets out. The suit and Tony are so inexorably tied that, again, for me, like the zenith of iron storytelling is going to be the um, bleeding edge armor, like soaring in his bones. Like that is, for me, that's, if you could have said, if you had to end certain superhero properties in certain places, I'd have been an X-Men Dark Phoenix saga, don't at me, and I'd have ended Iron Man right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's <clears throat> it's a it's a it's a it's a interesting thing. And I and I think it also ties into, you know, obviously when you look at the timing, it all times in well with when the movie and the characters were coming in and we're gonna do a movie for it. Cause I wanna say the extremist stuff is what, like two thousand four, two thousand five? Oh, none of it's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, By so now, they, they know, if not on the writer, on the boots on the ground, but editorially, they know that they're making a move to move finances around to finance this movie. Right. And so you start doing something to really make a, a, a theme. You, you, you get out of, okay, we need to, we have Tony Stark, we're going to do this. You need to make Tony Stark matter almost more than the Iron Man suit. So how do we do that? Because right now we haven't done that. And it starts with this volume four stuff. That's when it really starts. You really get this. You're like, you get, is he man? Is he machine? What is he? Is he the innovator? Is he the futurist? Like, what is Tony Stark and why is he important? Why is he, why is he the guy that you, you want on your side every time? You don't want, like, you, even when, like, that, that's an interesting thing. We, and we, I think we covered this when we did the Hickman run stuff. Like, even when Tony, had gone too far. Even when they were all fed up with Tony, at the end of the day, they were like, we still need Stark. We still need They all voted to bring him back without hesitating, save, of course, uh, Pepper. But she had reasons. Her right. husband's dead. I get it. Right. Right. Well, not even then. I mean, so even in the Hickman run, it was like, when they were just like, yeah, you know, we need Stark. Stark's out there somewhere. He's going to have something up his sleeve because that's what Stark is. Oh, yeah. Even like Maria Hill being like, God damn, we got to go find him, don't we? Right. Right. It's just like, he gets on my fucking nerves, but he is that guy. He's very good at this. He's very, very good at it. Tony Stark has a, we know you have a, it, it's that thing of, uh, you know, when that recent Batman uh, uh, in Heroes Reborn is like, 
Tony, uh, hey Bruce, we know you got a we know you got a kryptonite ring on you. No, I don't. We know you have a kryptonite ring on you. No, I don't. Okay, I have a kryptonite ring on me. It's like okay, fine. So right. why 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 do you care that I got the ring? <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing with Tony. Like, there's a, a interesting thing in in the business run. I think it was um, so the international Iron Man uh, stuff talks about uh, he's dealing with. You also kind of get the uh, Cassandra, the woman that kind of broke his heart and kind of sent him down the path of him kind of being a womanizer a little bit. Um, he's talking to her and he's sitting there without his armor on. You think he doesn't have an armor on. When you find out he's got camouflage on it, it's like he always has it around. It's like at this point, you don't even know when Tony has the armor on and when he doesn't. It's like, it's just a part of him. It's there. It's just. Well, that's also, he doesn't trust anyone. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Tony. The armor becomes, it becomes a very heavy metaphor uh, later because he admits, like, I don't, don't trust anyone. Like, I don't. Yeah, I trust you. Sure, right. Yeah, and even then, it's compartmentalized, right? Like he mm-hmm. trusts Rhodey with certain. Like during that that run, the, the Matt Fraction run, at one point, Tony, I think, it, yeah, that's the one he fakes his death. Yep. And 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 um, he fakes. Well, not even fakes his death. He disappears. He disappears, and he gives a new suit to Rhodey, and Rhodey's going around. Um, oh yeah, as Iron Man, yeah, as Iron Man and stuff like that, and it's like, you know, they—that's what it is. They fake Rhodey's death, then Tony disappears. So, and they don't tell anybody. Don't even tell Pepper. And like, granted, he had good reason to tell Pepper because they find out later on that the uh, Jarvis uh, 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 AI kind of been compromised a little bit and was kind of a little bit, a little bit compromised. So it's it's like he he has reasons for it, but it's like. How much for a person who's that paranoid, he doesn't trust anybody, how happy can they really be? Right? And yeah, so. Anyway, folks, that is our, our full epi- second episode on uh, Tony Stark and Iron Man. Um, again, we'll do another small one real quick, like 30 minutes, 40 minutes on the, the suits. We'll do that in a couple weeks here. Um, so I, I do want to kind of make the, the small announcement on Next thing we're, the next thing we're going to cover. Now, I know normally we go Marvel, DC, Marvel, DC, uh, but we have good reasons for going back to Marvel for this. So in June... Hey, do I know what you're about to say? I think you know what we're about to say. You know what I'm about to say. You do. Do I know? Yes, you do know. Okay. I talked about this. We talked about this. We did. We did. We I forget talk. things. You, I, I, I have to forget, be reminded. You forget me, but you're going to be excited when I tell you this. So one, in June, we're, covered, we're doing um, LGBTQ characters across Marvel and DC. We're doing that for Pride. I think that's Pride Month. So we're doing that. But in May, we're doing this one big, and it's not really a character corner. We're going back to our thing of doing runs, and um, it's a big one because we're celebrating. We're celebrating the end of the Fox X-Men movies. We're doing the Chris Claremont run of X-Men. Oh, hell yeah! See? 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 I wasn't... Yeah. Yeah. See? Uh, I was talking about Claremont Marvel, Claremont X-Men yesterday. Uh, Someone, Dan Slott, tweeted about, um, said... What are the what are the moments that now that Marvel or Fox and Marvel are together again that you are oh, dying to see? And he put his three up there. Let's see what his three were. His three were. I want to go back to the, the tweet thread. His three were a Hulk thing fight, which I want to see. An adaptation of the Spider-Man story. Nothing can stop the Juggernaut. Great story. Mm. And three was fighting torch by this building the Spider-Man build together. I wrote Colossus Juggernaut bar fight, and he said you could have done that before. And I said, "Oh, I know, but did any of us trust him to put the characters over power enough to get that fight for that reasons?" For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Uncanny 183 is a perfect comic book in my eyes. Um, it is when Peter breaks up with Kitty and then feels 
bad about doing so. So he goes to the bar with Nightcrawler and Wolverine. We talked about he happens that. to see Kane Marco, the juggernaut there, but doing nothing, enjoying a beer on a date. And he picks a fight with the juggernaut because he's so mad at himself. And, and Wolverine Logan, or, and Nightcrawler don't even help. There's right. like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> right. Fuck it. You, yo, you basically, you know what? You broke you you broke Kitty's heart. This is all on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and so they let him get his ass kicked by the juggernaut. <laughs> it was like the most reluctant fight ever. He's like, I came here to like, I didn't want to do this. Right, I'm not here for this. Why? Are, like, leave me alone. <laughs> it's so good. It's so stupid. Oh man, yeah. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that run. Uh, in May, so I don't know how many issues, how many episodes are going to be, but that's going to be our our May uh, going into uh, so we can celebrate. I'm very excited about that yes. one. That's going to take a while. Yeah, it's going to take, <laughs> um, take a while. Yeah, so um, there you guys have it again, folks. Thank you guys very much for listening. I love all of our new listeners. We've been getting a ton of new listeners on this show. You guys really love it. Uh, we love doing it. Like this is the one show that I do not dread doing at any point. So um, we will uh, be back soon with those other episodes uh, coming soon. Like I said, keep an eye open for our armor, our special bonus. It'll be a bonus episode. So if you only listen to us on um, the MTR network feed and not the character corner feed, you are not going to see that armor only episode. So you've got to make sure you subscribe to the character corner itself. Uh, and that way you know how to get it. And again, you can get us on Stitcher. You can get us on Spotify, iTunes. We're always there. Search for the character corner. And again, leave us a five-star review, and we'll read it on air if you leave it on iTunes, so on the Character Corner feed. So again, folks, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.